Hey everybody and welcome to part three of our series Whisper where we are taking a look at hearing from God. Uh, us being able to connect with Him and hear Him and be encouraged by Him and find our security in Him is life-giving. Um, it is life for our souls. It is life for our minds. We need to hear God. I believe this is true all of the time, but I think that the season that we're going through makes it even more tangible, even more measurable for us to, to be so tangibly aware of just how much we need to be um, connecting with, listening to, tuning into um, the God of the universe who is above and beyond all of the circumstances that we're facing, um, all of the uncertainty of, of a year where no one is all that sure of, of what's going to happen when and yet I believe sincerely that we can absolutely have peace that passes understanding. We can have a joy that is so much deeper and, and so far beyond the circumstances that are going on around us. I believe that we can have a supernatural comfort when we are mourning, when we are grieving loss. Um, I believe that God wants to give us peace when we are facing challenges and uncertainties. Um, uh, when we're facing complexities and, and tensions, and when we are afraid, He offers us a supernatural peace. We desperately need to live lives that are tuned in to the voice of God. So if you missed out on the previous two Sundays, please go to our uh, website. It'll direct you to our YouTube page where you can take a look at the message that Graham Evans shared with us on the 3rd of January. Great message, very encouraging as Graham just shared several stories from his life where he has felt God leading and prompting and some of the, some of the lessons learned and some of the, um, some of the implications. And I know, I've known Graham my entire adult life and I can vouch for, for what he's sharing. Um, even me, listening to some of those stories again, I found it inspiring and encouraging. So go back and listen to that. Uh, and last Sunday, Tammy Lewis-Thomas shared a great message as she also just touched on so many different principles that we can put into place in order to tune into the voice of God. So make sure you catch up with both of those messages. Um, before I get into today's installment, I want to just encourage you that we are um, restarting our life groups, our small groups next month. So at the beginning of February, we're wanting to help get as many people as possible into small groups. Um, that's going to mostly be uh, via technology. So, so that'll be on Zoom or if people are able to meet in a, in a genuinely safe way, maybe outside, maybe they can go for a picnic somewhere um, at Kirstenbosch or whatever the case is. They, they, those may be options, but for the most part, they're probably going to be short gatherings online. And I cannot encourage you enough to sign up. If you have any interest at all, go to our website, click on the Connect With Us button and allow us to try and, and fit you into the most appropriate group for you. I really do believe that we need people and I believe that people are one of the ways that God does His work in us. Um, so please make sure that you sign up for that. So today I want to take a look in this third installment at simply what I've entitled Reducing Noise. Reducing Noise. I'm sure you know what it's like to be in a, in a crowded room or a busy mall, or maybe you can remember, remember being at a concert or, or something like that where there's a whole bunch of noise going on around you and you can hardly hear the person closest to you. So you've, so you've got someone with you who you care about, you value, um, but you're trying to hear their voice 
over all the other noise that is going on around you. And I believe that one of the, the keys to us hearing God's voice is being very intentional and very disciplined and persevering with regularly turning down the noise of, of all the other things that might compete for the place that God should have and wants to have in our lives. I believe that God wants to speak to us. I don't think that God has a speaking problem. I think we have a hearing problem. I don't think God has a speaking problem. I think we have a hearing problem because of all of the noise that, that just by nature goes on around us. And the solution, by the way, is not to quit your job and go live in a desert somewhere or live in a cave. That's, that's not what we're going to be recommending. I do think that there's a way to live in the world but not to be completely of the world and where, we, and where we regularly in different ways just turn down the volume of some of these other distractions. There's an incredible story. If you've been around for a long time, you know you probably know this one of my favorite found in the book of 1 Kings. This is in the Old Testament. Especially if you have time to go and read it, I would encourage you. It's an interesting story. It is not boring at all. Chapter 17, 18, and 19 of 1 Kings. Um, it's a story about Elijah, some dramatic miracles. Um, God works in and through him in a mighty way, uh, performs great miracles. And, and you would think that Elijah would be at the highest high you know, of his ministry career. But actually, um, I just think he's spent, he's empty, even though he's, even though he's been a part of God doing something incredible in the nation of Israel. He is so discouraged when he finds out that Jezebel, the queen, wants to have him killed. And so he kind of crawls up under a tree and tells God just to kill him. He's basically suicidal. God then sends him on a trip, which we'll, find, you know, we'll look at in a moment. Um, but then God prepares him to actually speak to him. And this is where we are picking up the story. Just a few verses. This is found in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11 to 13. This is now God speaking to Elijah, and he says to him, go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And the voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? I don't know about you, but I would be so distracted by the noise of the wind, of the earthquake. I mean, you're actually physically feeling this thing. Um, you're seeing the fire and maybe being reminded of how God came to Moses through a burning bush. I can't help reading the story thinking, how would I respond to these things? Would I have been tuned in enough to the voice of God to even recognize that he's not in the noise, that he's not in the dramatic, that he's not in you know, the pyrotechnics? Our nature, I think, wants the wants the, the, the show. We want, we want the fireworks. But I think that most times, I can, in terms of my own personal life, I would say that God has only always ever spoken to me through what I would call a gentle whisper. 
it'll be a prompt. It'll be a thought that's gentle, but that doesn't seem to go away or it comes back again. I, I remember a, a college uh, lecturer of mine once saying that if it's of God, it'll grow. If not, it'll go, which is maybe not perfect doctrine, but, but I knew what he was saying. And, and that has often been the way that I feel like God has, has whispered to me where, where, where he whispers again and again. But it's almost always only ever been gentle. It's almost as though God is, is really quite polite, as though, he's, as though he cares that we want to hear him. He, he doesn't often dominate. He's not going to overwhelm us very often. There are times, I think, where God, where God does the dramatic to get our attention, but maybe that's because we need that level of encouragement. But for the most part, it's a whisper. I believe that there are moments in our day, just our normal day-to-day, everyday, ordinary life that God is wanting to just just whisper in the sense of directing our thought, making us aware of something, making us aware of a need, stirring up a little bit of compassion towards somebody, um, prompting us to, to hold our tongue in that conversation. And I want so desperately for you, for me, for my family, for our friends, I want us, if there's, if, if, if I could make one thing happen, it'd be that we would hear, that, that, that we would so clearly be able to tune into and hear the voice of God. I've got to add, I'd probably want a second thing. So if God gave me two wishes, I'd make it two. One, that we can actually hear Him, and two, that we would obey Him, that we would actually do what He wants us to do, that, that we would want to, want to do what is going to lead to life. But I want to just draw your attention to that last line for a moment, and we're going to come back to that again in a few minutes at the end of this message. I love how God is actually focused on asking Elijah a really pertinent question and a question that I think may be well worthwhile us spending time reflecting on as we spend time with God personally, devotionally, privately. What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? Even today, as you're watching this or as you're listening to this on a podcast or on one of the WhatsApp audios. What are you doing here? Are we even aware that, that there's a desire beneath the desire? There's something in us that longs to hear God. I heard the statement, I think it's by Dale Moody, which is going back many, many, like probably, I don't know, a long, long time ago. And it's, an, it's old school language where he said that the man who knocks on the door of a brothel is actually looking for God. That might sound really weird, and in today's language, maybe an appropriate comparison would be that the man going to the you know, strip club is actually looking for God, or the man going to the casino, or the man or woman you know, <clears throat> diving into the fourth helping of dessert, or binge-watching the latest series. In other words, giving in to, to, that, to that very you know, human desire, he's saying that actually that person is looking for God, and I, I agree with what I think is his premise, which is that there's an issue beneath the issue. There's a, there's a desire beneath the desire. We are, every one of us is longing for God. We need God, yet we allow so often, at least I do, so often I allow the noise of the world to, to distract, sometimes to even discourage, but it's so much easier to give in to that sometimes. What are you doing here? I think that's an incredible question to reflect on, honestly with God.
don't filter your answer. Don't polish it. Don't, don't try and waste time thinking about what it should be. No, no, just, just be honest with God. What are you doing here? So I want to take a look at a couple of things, a couple of ways that we can turn down uh, noise in our lives so that we can actually tune into the voice of God. Next week, I'm going to take a look at what I believe is the single greatest practice, habit, discipline that will help you and I to live in a regular um, hearing, a regular posture of hearing God's voice. But today, what I want to do is simply take a look at how we can actually get rid of the competition. Because without adding another thing to your life, I think that if we, if we get rid of some of these things, if we get rid of some of the noise, I think without us even trying to add extra things, we'd be amazed at how much more we tend to hear God. Number one, and these are very, very simple, and for the most part, I think very obvious. I believe that we have to address the noise of fatigue. The noise of fatigue. I think that way too often people are living in, in levels of fatigue. Elijah was tired. He was so tired. His soul was tired. And as he was tired, as he was spent, now Elijah knew God. This wasn't like a spiritual issue in the sense of him doubting God. No, no. He knew God, but he was so tired. And in that fatigue, in the noise of that fatigue, he lost perspective. He, he gave into self-pity. He thought he was all alone when actually God says, no, no, there's 7,000 other people that haven't bowed the knee to Baal. Things were challenging for Elijah, but he'd lost perspective to where he thought that, I think, the voice of the enemy was, was the voice of God and where he thought the voice of God might be the voice of the enemy. He was completely and thoroughly discouraged. Take a look at what it says in chapter 19, verse 4. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day, and he sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. Like he was just thoroughly discouraged. We need to, in a sense, turn down the noise of fatigue in our lives. And the only way to do that is to intentionally get good, healthy, refreshing rest. That's some of the obvious things like sleep, doing what is emotionally replenishing. We'll look at that in a, in a moment. Um, looking, looking at our rhythms and our habits so that, so that we're not walking zombies, surprised that we're not able to tune into and discern the voice of God. One of my, one of my greatest challenges to hearing God is when I'm tired. I feel like it just affects so many different things. So let's push back against fatigue. And that, that takes intentionality. Like We can't be victims to this. We have to actually take responsibility for our lives and say, God, if I'm going to grow my relationship with you, I need to make sure that I actually have enough energy. I need to look after myself. Number two is simply emotions or our feelings. Our feelings are often louder than what we acknowledge. Our feelings, much like fatigue, in fact, I, I I'm especially putting this second because I think that fatigue so often affects our emotions, our feelings. So often they can scream so loudly that it's, that it's almost impossible for us to actually discern God because emotions are a powerful thing. And my suggestion is not to deny them and not to ignore them. 
That's not the answer. The answer is not to deny our feelings or, or ignore our feelings. But at the same time, we don't want to be led by them. So we don't want to deny them. We don't want to ignore them. We also don't want to be led by them. We do have to process them. So we need to slow down enough, be intentional enough, not to just give in to the medication of distraction, the medication of stimulation, the medication of, of allowing the noise to fill up the, the painful echo of our emotions, to actually sometimes lean into the discomfort, to sometimes, to sometimes sit down long enough, slow down long enough, reflect long enough to know, okay, what am I actually feeling? Again, God asked Elijah, what are you doing here? How many of us could even answer that question right now? What am I doing here, God? So we need to actually embrace, um, push into, and process our emotions. And be honest with God. I love how Paul, the apostle, one of the early church leaders, puts it in the book of Philippians 4, verse 6. He says, don't worry about anything. So he's like, he's like, like don't, don't, don't feed the negative side of that. Instead, pray about everything, but tell God what you need. So he's saying, hey, like, like try, not to, try not to give in to the discouragement of this stuff. Rather, tell God what you need and thank Him for what He has done. I've got to say, practically, one of the things that helps me most, I don't know if this is the case for you, but if I look back over the years, when I've been incredibly stressed, when I've been, when I've been struggling with with. Uh, complex situations that have implications to them where, where, where it's going to potentially, you know, where people might misunderstand or be hurt or affected, where, where I feel like I'm carrying a lot of weight and I'm, I'm starting to feel that tension come and that, and that pressure and that weight and that stress and maybe even a bit of anxiety. One of the greatest ways for me personally, at least the way I'm wired, to push back against that emotional fatigue is to get exercise. I can literally feel some of the toxins being worked out. I suppose as, as endorphins are also kicking in. For me, I, I would add like, like the perfect bullseye for me is if I can get exercise out in nature. It works for my personality. It works for my wiring. And it's amazing to me how, how if I just get out long enough, how the sediment in the water just, just tends to drift to the bottom. I can see more clearly. I have greater, I have more accurate perspective with God. I feel like I can hear God again. The, 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 you know, when I move away from the noise, especially if I don't just fill my mind with more stuff, like more books and podcasts and everything, to, but to actually just slow down, get exercise, be present with God. And that's actually what God did with Elijah, interestingly. Um, if you read at the beginning of chapter 19, uh, God actually wakes Elijah up. He's got, he's got an angel there. He feeds him and then gets him to go back to sleep. Wakes him up again, feeds him, gets him to go back to sleep. And then he gets him to walk for 40 days until he comes to the mountain, which is where we started off this message, reading about where God came to him and he wasn't in the fire and the earthquake. Um, so, so we see that hiking's in the Bible, right? Walking and hiking, exercising, it's in the Bible. So Elijah had to rest. He had to eat. Back then, there probably wasn't any un unhealthy gluten in the bread that the angel made for him. I don't know. But, but he, I think that he was refreshed over a period of 40 days, eating, sleeping, walking. And so I can't encourage you enough to not ignore, don't deny your emotions, um, but actually process them. You're not going to turn down the noise of emotions by ignoring them. You're going to turn down the noise of emotions long term. <coughs> Excuse me. You're going you're to be able to process 
uh, or, or turn down the unhealthy noise as you process your emotions properly, healthily. God is okay with you being honest. Number three is very obvious um, for many of us, and that is to turn down the noise of media. We live in a, in a media-saturated age. Um, competition is on for our attention. Some of you remember me giving you some of the stats about how YouTube has something like 500 hours of video uploaded every minute. That's 30,000 hours every hour. That's 720,000 hours of video loaded every day. There's no way to catch up. If you're you know, interested in, in Twitter, 500 million tweets are put out every single day. I think that's something like 200 billion tweets a year. If you read news on your app, you've probably noticed how, depending on what app you're using, how often the same story stays up there, but they have to change the picture to get you to come back and click again. Or maybe they change one or two sentences in the article. Like We're, we're in an age where, where companies are having to do everything they can to get us back to their site or to get us to watch the next installment in the series or the whatever the case is. And so I don't want to rail on these things. They, I think that there's a place for a lot of it. Um, for someone like myself, who, who's often you know, caught up in my head, it's good for me to get out and get into my body with exercise. And sometimes I also want to just rest and relax a bit with, with series or, or something that's, that's just interesting. But, but we want to be careful that we don't feed on junk food. If, when I'm eating badly, if I'm eating sugar or snacks or, or, or junk stuff, I don't have an appetite for what is nutritious. I don't have an appetite for what is going to be good for me. And so too, I just think it's so much easier for us to feed our minds and our souls ultimately on junk, but then we have no appetite left for what is life-giving. We have no appetite left for what is nutritious. And so again, I, I can only encourage you to take responsibility. Don't, don't be a victim. Don't give in to the lie that is happening to you and you have no control. Um, push back, try and put some boundaries into place so that you can turn down the noise of that effect in your life. I want to also just comment, and this might surprise you, but, but I think we've even got to be careful with how much space we even give to good voices. So again, I'm someone who, who every time I'm driving, running, even doing stuff around the house, I'll often be listening to an audiobook or a podcast or, or something like that. And again, there's, there's so much good in that. But I've, but I've regularly got to try and discern, okay, God, is, is it okay to listen to something now? Or, or do I need to just be quiet? Often when I go, go on a hike, I'll, I'll sense God telling me to just, like, just be present. Listen to the leaves, listen to the wind, listen to the stream. Um, I've got to be careful that I don't fill up every moment with something that is stimulating. We can, we can be addicted to stimulation, even good stimulation. And so I can, I can give too much room to people telling me about God instead of me being with God. And so there's a place for that secondhand information, but God wants to meet with us firsthand. Number four is people. Um, I want us to be careful that we are turning down the volume on the wrong types of people, the wrong types of friends. Again, you might have heard me make reference to friends to our feelings and friends to our future. And so you want to be very careful that you're not giving too much influence to people that are, that are only going to care about your, your short-term feelings at the um, expense of your long-term 
future. And probably even as I'm mentioning this, you can probably think of people quickly that you know are, are either life-giving for you or they, they tend to add to negativity. They, they're negative about the country. They're negative about how the government's handling COVID. They, 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 they get into conspiracies and they forge all kinds of junk. I'm not saying cut them off. I'm just saying be careful how much time and how much space you, you allow to that kind of noise. I heard a statement recently, I, I can't remember where it was, but where the person was saying that, that you are likely the average of the five closest people to you in your life. So look at the five, close, the five people that are closest to you that have the most influence on you. You're probably the average of those people. And so you've got to ask yourself, like, is that okay? Are you happy with that? Or do you need to maybe make some adjustments to where you are a bit more intentional with hanging out with some life-giving people. Number five is fear. And, and I don't mean fear in the, in the typical sense of the word. I don't mean that you're afraid um, of what could go wrong, although that's relevant too. But I think that we struggle to hear God when we are afraid of not being able to control the outcome. When we fear our agenda not working out, when we fear not having our will achieved, when we have to surrender to God and, and trust God and we're, and we're asking Him for His will, um, there can be a fear of, but like, what if God doesn't give me what I want? What if it doesn't work out the way I'd like it to? And, and just this issue of control. I think our human nature wants to control the process. We want to control the outcome. And this might sound overly simplistic, but my encouragement to you is to be intentional about surrendering the outcomes to God. As you, as you slow down, as you quieten down to try and hear God's voice, consciously, consciously try and find, and this might take you days, weeks, or even months, to try and find a place of neutrality where you're saying, God, I think I'm surrendered. I I know this is my preference, but I'm surrendering my, my preference to you. God, I want what is best. I want your will. It can be very hard to hear God's whispers when our will is screaming so loudly. So let's make sure that we are surrendering our will to God. And the last um, idea or principle, and there are plenty more, but I've just chosen to focus on these six today. Again, another area that I think can can be really noisy in our lives that can, that can drown out the gentle whispers of God is simply failure. And I don't mean just making a mistake, because again, if you have the right attitude and you have an appropriate theology and you're secure in your relationship with God, you'll bounce back. But, but I mean where, where that failure causes us to feel unworthy and that unworthiness, that that shame, that condemnation can be so loud in our lives that, that we don't hear God inviting us to come to Him, that we don't hear Him offering mercy and offering grace. And again, because we allow that, that, you know, the volume of that voice to be so loud, we can maybe even think that God's agreeing with the enemy in, in how unworthy we are, in, in, in how inappropriate is for us to press into him. But that's not the truth, everybody. And that's why I think, again, even what Tammy was sharing last week is so important about how we can hear God through his word. 
We need to be reading the Bible regularly so that we actually have moments where those scriptures penetrate our hearts to where he's saying that I will never leave you, I'll never forsake you. If God is for you, who can ever be against you? That God gives grace to the humble but opposes the proud. That we can draw near to God, that we can come boldly to the throne of grace and we will find mercy. Please, please do yourself a favor and your relationship with God a huge favor and, and recognize the next time you are, you are failing and you're feeling that unworthiness and everything in you wants to hide like Adam and Eve. When you, when you feel like that, I want to remind you that God went looking for them. He didn't, he didn't agree with the idea of, yeah, you guys are useless. I gave you this great opportunity. You know, how, how, how serious could you ever be if you could so easily uh, abandon me for a piece of fruit? God didn't add to that. No, no, God went looking for them and he made a way for them. He covered, he covered their shame, which is what Jesus did at the cross, by the way, once and for all. He paid a price to actually have our unworthiness removed from us. So next time you are reminded of what you've done wrong, which is, by the way, that's correct. I don't want to water that down, but it's not the whole story. It's not the whole truth. The whole truth is that Jesus has paid the price for us, that we are forgiven, and that we can actually come to God with our shame, with our condemnation, with our disappointment, and we can press into Him. We can, we can ask Him to help us again. We can tell Him how weak we are. We can tell Him that we've disappointed ourselves and we feel like we've disappointed Him. God, I need you to, God, I need you. <laughs> you can just be that honest. God, I need you. I don't even know what I need, but I know I need you. I've tried to do this by myself so many times. I can't do it by myself. God, I need you. Let's turn down the noise that is competing for the whispers of God. And my encouragement to you as you're going to the week ahead is, is to regularly, so every time you sit down for a quiet time, or maybe you're just driving, or you're on a taxi, or you're in the shower, or bath, or whatever the case is, please can I encourage you to hear God possibly asking you, reaching out to you, whispering to you, saying, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? And that's not, that's not a question to make you feel bad. That's a question to help us actually stop and reflect and to be honest with God. Honest about what we think is going on deep down. Honest with God where we're saying, God, I, I'm, I'm longing for peace. I'm longing for affirmation. I'm longing for security. I'm longing for purpose. I'm longing for a dream. I'm, I'm needing a vision. God, I, I haven't even realized it up until recently, but, but I'm bored. I'm restless. I'm, I haven't been challenged in a long time. Slow down long enough, regularly, regularly enough to think about, reflect on, and eventually answer God with or to the question, what are you doing here? Father, in Jesus' name, would you help us to recognize the different areas of noise in our lives that are competing against you, that, that are competing for our attention and our affection. Father, please help us to, to not be discouraged by that, especially when we've tried to make adjustments over and over again. Not even just think of people that maybe feel like we're, we're not even three weeks into the, into the new year and, 
and some of our New Year's resolutions haven't quite worked out, God, again, where the voice of the enemy might want to bring shame and condemnation, God, would you, would you please help us to recognize your whisper of invitation to receive your grace and your mercy. In Jesus' name I pray. God, help us to take responsibility where we can. Help us to make adjustments that we can turn down that noise so that we can tune into your voice. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to encourage you, especially if you are wanting to make a decision, or maybe you have recently made a decision to begin a relationship with Jesus, please, would you go to our website and click on the Connect With Us button. We'd love to send you some information, just some very simple next steps in your journey with God. Don't forget, you can also click on the Connect With Us button if you want to sign up for life groups that are going to be starting up again in a few weeks. We need one another. I can't emphasize that strongly enough, so you'll hear a little bit more from us. But otherwise, God bless you. Have a great day and a great week. Stay safe, be considerate to one another, and I'll see you here again for part four next Sunday.